Welcome to The Basement Astrologers, coming to you live from the middle of the Middle West and above average St. Paul, Minnesota, and the beautiful Pacific Northwest in Puyallup, Washington. We're coming to you on April 26, 2019 at 9.25 a.m. Pacific Coast Time. With me is Meredith of Earthling Astrology. Hello! And I'm Kip from Rudimania Astrology. And we are your counselors at this camp outing. <laughs> so Meredith, you have been doing so much awesome stuff. And I feel like at the top of every episode, I forget to uh, to coach you or uh, prod you into sharing. So tell us all the awesome stuff you've been doing. Yes, I've been working on my uh, Leo North node. And I have been getting more comfortable with being seen, I guess, and not my Aquarius wallflowerness. I was, I went up to my hometown, which is Hibbing, Minnesota, up on the Iron Range, or as we call it, the range. And I oh, was yeah. asked to speak at a event about six months ago. So I knew about it for six months. And it's a bunch of um, university women. And uh, so I worked on my speech and I didn't have a PowerPoint or anything. So it was straight talking and it went well. And as um, the, the paper, I was featured in the paper, just a little blurb that I was going to be giving a speech. And then one of the writers at the paper gave me a call and said, hey, I got wind of you. You're a hippie native. I want to interview you for the paper. And I get a little apprehensive, you know, um, at being an astrologer, going up to a small town there. You can get a little bit of a pushback, but she did a great job. And I ended up on the front page of the Sunday paper, which I had <laughs> oh, no the Sunday, the paper. Sunday paper. And the, everyone was like, it's so cool because you're above the fold. Like my, my face was above the fold. And that's a big deal when you get above the fold. And it was a great article. She did a great job. We talked for maybe half hour and she uh, also graduated the same high school as me. And that was really fun. And then my speech went well. More people tried to come, but it was a private event uh, only for women. And you have to be a member of that organization to come. And actually, after people saw me in the paper, they tried to come to the event or there's like, they emailed me said, where are the tickets? I'm like, well, there are no tickets. It's a private event. So after that, um, I've been oh getting- Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, they had to turn people away at the door. Uh, I've been getting emails wanting them or from people up north saying, hey, come do an astrology event up in the Northland because there's no astrologers up there. Um, I think most astrologers hang out in the big cities. Um, so I am happy to do that. And then later- uh, the next day, I went over to Joella's studio, who we know from the yoga retreat we did about six months ago. And I just did a beginner's workshop over at her studio, which was fantastic. It was a great group. It was one of the best workshops I've ever done. So it was a great trip. Uh, and I will be back up north spreading astrology f near and far. That is, um, whoever is interested, I'm, I'm down. So that is my story of the last couple weeks. And Joella and those ladies are awesome. I'm kind of jealous you they just got to are, see them. Yes, I, I um, obviously we didn't get to hang out too much at the retreat since they were super busy. So yeah, we went and had a beer and hung out oh. and it was great. And I, she's got a new studio. Uh, it's pretty new. So it was cool to see that space. Great yoga instructor too. If you're in the Duluth, Minnesota area. Yes, check out Gem Yoga Studios and Massage. So... Today's going to be <clears throat> a little more loosey-goosey of an episode. We haven't done one like this for a while. Uh, I like to be over-prepared, as does my Capricorn pod mate. <laughs> so what we're going to do is talk about a couple things that have been stuck in our craw. Um, yeah. One kind of for me, a little more for me, and one a little more for Meredith. Call it a, a long-term burn in our saddle. So the first thing we're going to talk about is a John Oliver episode. He does... Um, 
I believe it's called The Last Word on HBO. I watch The Big Spiels on YouTube on Mondays. Love John Oliver. Really funny I do. comedian. He's yeah. brilliant. brilliant. Really smart. Really smart yeah. guy. Um, it talks about really serious issues in what a, a 20 minute format, important issues, and um, really gets to the heart of it, but also it's funny. Um, so get kind of John Stewart, uh, but long form. Now, he did an episode about psychics and it was really, really trashing them hard. Um, yeah. And his examples, to be fair, are um, are that there are psychics that prey upon people who are less fortunate. So apparently there are statistics that if like there's a kidnapping um, or an unsolved murder, like you'll get calls from psychics like you will from an invest you know, like an investor guy if you win the lottery. And I think that's kind of disgusting. Have you heard any of those statistics? There, Yes. So there are legit scammers out there. I mean, in any business there is, but I had someone contact me and said they were pregnant and a psychic told them they had a curse on them and that woman had to pay her $400 or something bad was going to happen to her baby. This that kind is of a stuff. classic, is classic sign that something is a foul. Icky. Yes. Yes. No, that is a scam. And I, you know, reached back out. I said, don't, don't, please don't buy into that. That's fear tactics. And if anyone in our profession or any profession isn't pumping you full of fear, that's not someone working in love and light and trying to help you on your path. Just no, reject that immediately. <laughs> to be clear, I have an interest in kind of one-off religious practices and some are re-emerging like Santeria. And in the Santerian practice, um, Santeria is somewhat related to Vudun. Uh, they tie some of their major um uh god and goddess uh goddesses the panoply i have no idea what i have no idea what you're talking about so santeria never santeria is a it's <laughs> from it. the um like they practice somewhat in like louisiana on the bayou uh, so at louisiana alabama and then when you get into the islands so the caribbean islands it's really it's it's focal point and it's kind of an emerging of native islander uh, indigenous spiritual reliefs african uh, mythology and spiritual beliefs and catholicism so long story longer th there are things if you're a practicer of santeria that are curses and there are things that could benefit you and take the curse away similarly there is a re-emergence of orisha which is almost um a one-to-one -one, um following of the African pantheon of deities. And again, you have things like um, ceremonies to go uh, into altered states. There are again curses. There are again uh, remedies for those curses. If you are someone who is in one of those communities and you are talking to your religious leader, that's part of the canon of your faith. On the other hand, if you go to a psychic um, that you found in a phone book or even that a friend recommended and they tell you that your baby's cursed and you need to like cut him a check, Run the hell away. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good advice. <laughs> Run. Uh, um, so. Yeah. So back to that John Oliver episode, I uh, basically he set psychics up um, asked, hey, this person, do you sense where they are? And 
I don't know if he, I can't remember if he alluded that they had passed away or what it was or they were missing. And he, he was fucking with him. Like they're sitting in the booth next to him. And I've actually heard of astrologers being duped like this too. Hey, read my chart, giving the wrong birthday, the wrong information, that kind of thing to set up the astrologer. That's just mean, first of all. Um, but I, I get the point he was trying to make. Uh, I think that's what you were starting to get to as well. Um, but still, it was just, I felt kind of icky when he was well, doing that kind of stuff. The other things he did was then he did show some people doing um, what they call, I think it's blind readings. I'm not sure where you kind of ask questions and you kind of feel your way into some big pronouncement. Um, the thing that. Oh, yeah, I see an M. I see an L, like <laughs> right, a name right. kind of thing. They just grab from so it. Someone, yeah, I mean, well, I think anyone that. can. It's kind of a like a linguistic trick. Yeah. So the. Yeah. The point is. I didn't realize that there are like 10 psychic television shows. Like they're everywhere. I had no idea mm-hmm. this existed. Now, number one, that's weird to me. Like who's this interested in psychics? But two, um, if you're pumping out that kind of content, like let's say, um, and we can talk about uh, the efficacy of psychics. I think we're going to get there at some point. But uh, let's say you're an incredibly gifted psychic. How are you just nonstop new audience, like banging out six shows a day without having to fall back on some crutches? I mean, if this is a thing of vibes and feeling things out and getting certain experiences um, that come subterraneally, like just four hours a day of labor in front of new audiences, that that doesn't seem like a good recipe for doing it right. Are you talking about the live shows? Well, all, like they're or, mostly um, done in front of a live studio audience or that now some of them are like reality TV shows. Again, I'm not an expert. I haven't looked this up afterwards. I just couldn't believe how many there were. Yeah, I discover how many there are when I fly because I don't have cable and I don't watch TV. And then I'm on like the airplane with the TV and like this is magical. I can watch the TV for like three hours because there's nothing else to do. And that's when I discover that younger guy, the blonde one, he's in California somewhere and he's like 19 or 20. I actually like his show. He goes to celebrities houses and does his psychic thing on there. So that's more like reality. I don't think he does four shows a day. He probably does three a month or something like that. Um, And his mom (laughs) drives him in her SUV to the appointments. It's really cute. <laughs> he seemed like a good good kid. Um, but it's fascinating. And there, you're right, there are no astrology TV shows, but I would argue there are way more astrology YouTube channels than psychic ones. They are everywhere. There are so many astrolog- astrologers on YouTube that I... There's probably a thousand at least. Like my clients keep telling me about more. Um, there's the Leo King. He puts out a show every week. There's, uh, yeah, there's a, a so, zillion. I, I know there's a bunch... On YouTube, I haven't looked recently. Um, don't really follow many at all. Sometimes I watch the astrology podcast, uh, their live streams to see them while they're talking. Um, but I just think TV and YouTube are way different. Like why? The, I mean, there are no astrology shows on TV. I'm not encouraging that there be. But there's this yeah. a ton of psychic shows. Some in front of live audiences. Like it looks like the old Oprah show and the psychics up front. I mean, I just think that's nuts. So... Oliver trashes them, and I think some of his positions were um, okay because uh, really those people preying on people missing a kid is awful. Like those are those you just yeah. And even if you think you can help, now that you know you're one of twenty people contacting that family, just don't do it. It's it's an a horrible thing to do to someone in that kind of trauma, giving them hope. Um, and, and having that overwhelming avalanche of people just showing up at their door. So yeah. I think Oliver had a point to a certain extent that maybe there needs to be some regulation or at least 
some way of taking a hard look at what's happening to these people who fall in these troubled times. What worried me is that people seem to conflate the practice of astrology and astrology is a knowledge base. It's, it's as close to yoga as it is um, to, to being any kind of a, a spiritual um, practice. And the reason I say that is because um, astrology can sit by itself. It's a, it's a body of knowledge. No one has to interact with it for it to work. And I like to say when I'm practicing yoga, if people are worried about what they look like, yoga doesn't care. Yoga is yoga. Like yeah, yoga is a series yeah. of poses and stretches and movements. And astrology also doesn't care. Astrology is going to be there. It was there before you showed up. It'll be there afterwards. It is a, a symbolic language that is formed in a body of knowledge. And, uh, and whatever you're doing, you're not offending astrology. Well, it's just education. I mean, I get so much of what's the difference between an astrologer and a psychic. Um, you know, we weren't taught this stuff. Psychic stuff, we just kind of were fascinated with as kids, I think, but we weren't fascinated with astrologers. I, I probably couldn't tell you the difference 20 years ago between an astrologer and a psychic. And that is something I learned. Um, so yeah, I don't knock people for not knowing the difference. It's just a, a matter of education. So I am skeptical of psychics. Um, and what I would say is <laughs> that it, um, because there's no body of knowledge that they're falling back on, um, and when I hear people I respect who have been involved in kind of occult communities for a long time say that the population of people who could actually do it is, is extremely small, I feel like I see too many for that percentage to be so small. Um, what is your take on that? Because you've been working with a psychic like quite a bit recently. I have worked with professionally now for six months with one. And I do, I mean, I've talked to you about before, I'm still skeptical of astrology until a client sits down in my office and boom, it's gone. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's been kind of fascinating. And not only do I get a different perspective working with Natalie, but my clients tell me about their own psychic experiences. So even me and you can probably swap stories of like, oh, I had a dream and then it happened, or I thought of this and then it happened. Is that psychic? We've all kind of hit on that in our lives and maybe some people are better than others but again this is my personal belief you can take it or leave it that the consciousness of the planet is raising the veil is getting thinner so i think more people can tap in to that um, and i think it's even in the bible corinthians says we all have the gift of prophecy we can all tap into that and um i will say so what happens when a client walks in to see me and natalie together we only do it about once a week uh, or just one day a week we dedicate to this and I listen to Natalie talk next to me and I'm looking at the chart and Natalie has zero, um, besides what I've taught her, knowledge of astrology. She's talking. I'm like, how? How do you know that? Like it's matching the chart. It's it's crazy. I can't make that stuff up. But again, she has good days. She's off and on on certain days. I'm hitting stuff on certain days and she isn't, you know, it's again, um, teach every day is a little bit different, but it is kind of amazing what she pulls in and how it matches the chart. I can't explain that uh, at all. And she's just doing it based on her gifts and her So intuition. have you talked to her about this? <laughs> this makes me feel like we should have Natalie on the pod. Uh, and she has been on one other time with you. Yes. Well, she is a former attorney. So she is a very type A person, very logical. And this didn't kind of come into her life until her early 40s. Um, again, probably Pluto was involved here. And she didn't believe it herself. For a couple of years, she's like, am I making this stuff up? Uh, and she needs that kind of validation and that like her logical brain fights what she does 
a lot. And I like that about her. I respect that about her because she's like, she wants to do the research to make sure what she's doing is legit. Uh, I do think she's coming from a place uh, of love and light and wanting to help people. And she actually offers some of the things she does for free. Um, so say, go back to this. She doesn't work with curses or anything like that, but she thinks part of her gift is crossing people over to the other side that might be stuck. Uh, and she does certain things for free, uh, because she doesn't feel right charging for them. It's part of her gift on this planet and to help other people. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been kind of cool. I have things that have happened and I will tell you, Kip, I do astrology readings mainly from my office, but when Natalie's in there, weird shit happens. So one day my phone I always, you know, super Capricorn professional, shut off my phones, all on silent. One day Siri uh, from the iPhone just started <laughs> yelling uh, across the room during a reading, during a joint reading with Natalie. And I was like, what is happening? Uh, lights flicker, uh, super goosebumpy things happen. It's it's crazy. I, I, I can't explain it, but that doesn't mean it's not a legit phenomenon. And Natalie does say there are no organizations like OPA is really good at setting ethical boundaries and, and, you know, making sure people are working at a high level of professionalism. And I don't think as far as I know, there are no, there aren't any psychic organizations keeping people alive. There are four other major astrological organizations. They come together for the big UAC conference and that's kind of what they do. They, they have groups around. Uh, Meredith is now the vice president of NCGR in uh, the Twin Cities. Yep. And Minnesota so, chapter. So there are groups around, yeah. and every one of those four big organizations has their own ethical charter. Um, and it's a big deal if someone's thought to be violating them. It really causes a big, nothing will cause a bigger stir in the astrological community than uh, than hearing someone is up to shenanigans. Um, and, you know, really it's the scarlet letter, you're, you're out. Yes. Um, and they take certification very seriously. Uh, even the NCGR test, which I, I think I will do eventually. There's a crazy uh, test you have to take to get certified through NCGR, and they are not easy. Uh, they take it seriously, and they take what what we do very seriously, uh, and not to take advantage of people or tell them horrible, scary stuff so they oh, pay you more. <laughs> you know, some of the, you, you know what's what's going on. Some of these uh, scammers. So. Ah. Uh, so what else from John Oliver? I mean, you sent that to me in a text or something, and I watched it. I was like, ugh. And I know uh, shows like that to take down psychics have – There's, I'm sure there's more out there. Um, but, yeah, it is kind of remarkable how many psychic TV shows there are. And then the thing is, do psychics easily say, ooh, I got that wrong? <laughs> I do. If I get something wrong, I'm like, you know what? I think astrology is le- legit, but we're all interpreters. I can interpret this information wrong. It's coming through the sky or whatever. So I think psychics do their best, the, the good ones, but of course they can interpret the information wrong. Um, I-, I get clients come in my office and they say, you know what? I just came from my tarot reader. And I'm like, oh, they'll tell me at the end of the session. I'm like, well, what did they say? And they're like, oh, everything you just did. So I don't think it matters where you get your divination, whether it's astrology, tarot, a psychic person. It's all coming from the same source. It just might be interpreted a little bit because our biases and all. That's another thing we should talk about is the bias um, coming through us. Well, that's interesting. Um, I guess the the note it struck with me, the Oliver piece, was that we've had in the past waves of anti-astrology legislation, like literal laws saying you can't practice astrology, um, you can't practice divination, um, generally. Burnt at the stake, historically. Yeah, there, I mean, there yeah. are still some in the books, although 
they're they're fewer and fewer. There are organizations of astrologers who teamed with lawyers who got them overturned. Um, but when I see big media come out, I mean, think of like there are strains of people who don't vaccinate their kids that have now caused a measles epidemic. I, I know it's a weird example. I'm bringing it home. Just think if just that passionate of a small group of people showed up to protest the practice of astrology. I mean, we, we just had someone attack an astrologer on Twitter uh, for a tweet about the conjunction or the station of Saturn in Capricorn happening at the same degree of the Notre Dame fire that happened at the Great Fire of London. And someone who calling themselves an astronomer um, answered that tweet, kind of put it on their own feed, uh, saying that's not actually where Saturn is. Like, stop, you know, you're nonsense. You're ruining a tragic event. And that that one went viral. Like that got like 2000 likes. Right. He was arguing Saturn is in the constellation of Sagittarius, um, not knowing the difference between signs and constellations, which, again, is an education. Except thing. that people offered that education and he just turned it down. I mean, it turned into an entire that whole feed was an argument between some pretty great astrologers. Um, like some of the people who were interacting in that feed were exactly the person I would like to interact in that feed. Um, but that, that it went viral. Like that guy got thousands of likes on his astrology bashing um, answer to a tweet. So I'm just saying, if there is an impassioned, even if it's a minority, um, then and that creates a backlash against astrology, assuming it gets lumped together with things like psychics. Um, I, I wouldn't like to see that. So it made me a little nervous. Uh, you would not like to see that against yourself? Generally against you the community. Like, um... I, I don't want astrology under attack. I, I love the free practice of astrology. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I like to be able to see clients and to have podcasts where we discuss it. Like I don't want it to become illegal. Oh, I don't think it will get there. I don't think we have to worry about that. If you can believe the earth is flat and have conferences and all that stuff and like we get to believe what we get to believe. I think we're in a time now where we don't have to worry about getting burnt at the stake and um, for, again, not hurting people, then I don't know. We'll see, though. Um, have you seen the? Uh, I want to sort of change course a little bit. Have you seen the documentary Be Beyond no, the Curve on Netflix? Oh, God, flat earthers, please watch <laughs> it because I am actually looking for a flat earther to be on our pod because oh. I want to talk to them. I'm just more fascinated about why people believe what they believe. And it is the best ending to a documentary ever. They do a really good job of throwing the scientists in there. And the flat earther, we can get so. a flat earther um, on the pod. Oh, please contact us. I would love to talk to you and no bashing at all. I just want to, you know, people tend to reject beliefs that they were taught. And even if the evidence is in their face, um, they're still like not not going to do it. And I'm like, that's fine with me. I just want to know how you came to these conclusions. Like I'm more fascinated about the, uh, I don't know, brain chemistry maybe. I don't, I don't know. But I so think we also need to get an aliens person uh, on here because the joy you're exuding in discussing what it would be like to talk to a flat earther. I can only imagine that would be ramped up to 15 if it were someone who was into aliens. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> I Ooh. have an alien person. I should reach out to them. You, you mean like, um, so my alien person thinks there's crystal cities Whoa. on the dark side of the moon. Awesome. That kind of alien person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of good conversations with that person. Um, yeah. Maybe speaking I'll reach out to them on the pod. <laughs> Not, um, speaking of someone who uh, is a gifted astro astro astrologer, but also has um, some interests in some of those um, occult themes, you're having Gemini Brett come to St. Paul and you did not bring it up on the podcast. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot. So, Gemini, Brett will be here on May 18th giving a presentation um, about the moon and lots of sciencey nerd stuff. Uh, and I'm super excited. And then later that night, we're going to do a full moon ceremony. Um, so, yeah, I am going to have Gemini on the pod, and maybe I can talk to you offline about what we should talk about. But maybe me and him could just sit down and talk conspiracy theories till three in the morning. I don't know. We'll see. He'll be here. Uh, he's coming to the basement. Uh, so, he is a future guest on the Basement Astrologers. All right. So I think we have beat uh, the John Oliver thing to death. You have assuaged my anxiousness, which really I, I wanted to make um, clear where my anxiousness came from. I, I don't think we're in peril, but it was the kind of attention I didn't want to see for um, astrology. Well, what does celebrity say? Like any news or exposure, even if it's bad, is is exposure. Um, it's like that guy got, what, a thousand more followers from this negative feedback. And I that's why I don't like Twitter because everyone's so mean. But you tend, like, I notice if I'm in a bad mood and I don't stop myself and I might put a little snippet of a negative thing on Facebook or Twitter, those are the ones that people just latch onto. I'm like, man, if I'm trying to spread positivity, it's not as viral as the negative stuff. And it's kind of sad what who are we why do we why are we so attracted to the dark and just want to feed off of that so i have to try and watch myself and i actually i did read some of that twitter feed that went viral some of it was really freaking funny this one person was like yeah i wore an argyle sweater in 1985 and then if i didn't wear that argyle sweater the the cathedral wouldn't have burnt down (laughs) like it's just funny stuff um making fun of astrologers like finding things to make things work so i don't know i had some of i laughed out loud (laughs) a few times um, but some of it, again, was really, really mean. I don't like mean stuff. I want everyone to be nice. I'm glad me. that you enjoyed yourself. Um, so the second <laughs> conversation, so we wanted to talk about uh, this psychic idea, my concerns about it leaking over to astrology. But also, and, but also I'm a little um, psychic-averse, whereas Meredith is a little um, elections-averse. Now, quickly, what an election is, it's having an astrologer pick a specific time to do a specific thing. So sometimes people elect for marriages. That's really common. You, know, you figure out the time yeah. when, uh, when there's a good um, aspect on this guy, oftentimes marriage. So you're looking for things, Venusian, perhaps uh, uh, Venus uh, moon aspects. And then there are times where you would elect for maybe starting a business or um, purchasing a house. So th- there's all these different things. I can actually tell you, we just made an offer on a house that was accepted and I made sure awesome. that because I looked at the chart and we were going to make the bid that day, and it just so happened, probably not a coincidence, that my my wife, <laughs> at, who has a Pluto-Mars um, conjunction in the first house, was going to have a grand fire trine exactly on that spot with uh, the moon. So uh, it was a really, that's a benefic Explain to me why that is a good thing for making a home purchase, so, a fire triangle. Um, I don't think it was a great thing for purchasing a home necessarily, although uh, the rising sign was Leo. So you have like uh, some concepts of grandeur, of representing yourself and shining. And also Leo being a fixed sign, you have um, longevity, right? Um, you're holding things in place. And the moon is often thought of as the native in any kind of an election, especially an orary chart. So having that right in the first house, this is where you're present. This is where you're forward. But also, um, especially in this chart, and this isn't always talked about in election astrology as much, this this hit her um, in what would oftentimes be considered a malefic um, spot in her chart. 
right? Um, I think a, a Saturn-Mars conjunction, uh, I'm not sure if I said that right, it's definitely Saturn-Mars conjunction, your first house would, would be a tough thing to have in the natal chart. So this, in this uh, instance, there was a, uh, the sun was in Aries, so the sun was exalted. And so exactly trining, um, so the ruler of that first house of Leo, exactly trining that spot, giving it good, positive, shining energy into the moon. So the moon's able to bring those things to bear in the world. And then the other aspect was, of course, to Sagittarius, and that was Jupiter. Good luck, the greater benefic. Um, so it's really a, a powerful, positive aspect that would have was a great election to do a lot of things, especially if you want those things to have Leo themes and to last for a long time, but especially for her in that instance. And again, this is one of those things with, um, we can argue, chicken and egg. Um, what a great time for her specifically to be making that offer because it was mitigating one of the spots in her chart that's a that's a troubling spot. I can think of spots in my chart where I'd really like good stuff to show up. Um, anyway. All right, yeah. can I rip this apart now? <laughs> so, um, just it looks like you're looking at your wife's chart mainly during this uh, home offer. I'm like, why aren't you looking at the fourth house? Why aren't you looking at the seventh, which is the house of contracts? Why aren't you looking at your composite chart? Um, since you're, I assume, purchasing this together as a couple as an entity or is it was it just all her her finances herself her doing this home stuff or was it you guys as a couple which maybe you should do the composite or maybe davison chart and see what's so, going on with that all one. interesting stuff and if someone came to me and said is this a good time for us to be buying a house that's what i do but we already decided we were going to buy a house we had to pick a time to make the offer it's a whole different thing now the fact that it interacted okay. so intricately with her natal chart it's kind of an oddity here because I definitely, if I would have looked at it and said, okay, we're going to make an offer. Our realtor is going to send it in sometime today. In this instance, the house is only on the market for about three days. They collected offers. I think they got five mm -hmm. or six on one day and reviewed them. So we had a couple days to make the offer, but I looked at the charts and that evening there was a grand fire trine with, with the sun exalted, um, Jupiter domiciled, exact, both exactly trining the moon. So just really a nice benefic aspect regardless. The moon was also in the first house. So that means that, that the, the trine was focused on an angular spot. The first house being, you know, how the native conducts themselves in the world, really the instigator of this chart. Um, it being the moon, the place that brings these energies into the world. So regardless of whether it interacted with my wife's chart, um, that would have been the time I would have sent in that offer. Now, the fact that it did interact with my wife's chart, I think is interesting. This is kind of off topic of elections. But oftentimes, um, I, lo I, lo I like elections. I like to look at, at what the skies are doing. Um, but I oftentimes think that sometimes those elections um, kind of manifest, like it's going to manifest in your life anyways when good stuff's happening. And so uh, it's kind of harnessing it, directing it, sure. But also it could just be an omen of like something good that's going to happen. And, oh, look, you know, we found a house we liked. We have to make an offer today. Um, well, of course, you're, look at what's going on in your chart. There's a, a beautiful trine going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is where my skepticism, 
I, I think there are things to elections, and I it's kind of crazy if I go back in time. So, for example, that speech I gave a couple weeks ago that I knew about six months in advance, I did not schedule the time. Um, and I did look at the chart of the time I was giving the talk, and I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. I didn't pick this time, but like the part of fortune was exactly conjunct my midheaven. My midheaven was conjunct my ascendant, something like that. It was kind of like my status in the world was... Um, emphasized that day at that exact time. That stuff moves kind of fast. I was like, wow. So that's again, but my bias is really coming through here because I am a Capricorn. I am a control freak. I get paranoid AF about everything. And I just, it's too much of a mind fuck for me to election, use elections because I will just get crazy with it. But it is fun to go back in time and be like, wow, that was kind of cool that that happened when that stuff was going on. So I think there is a flow to the universe and I don't want to manipulate it. <laughs> I just want to allow things to happen. And if I try and manipulate that, I don't that's, see good things. I see stress. I see tension. That's very I, interesting. I so you're basically it. rejecting the uh, magical tradition of, of Western esotericism, which is funny given that it's an, a re-emerging <laughs> thing. Um, I'd actually really love to get a magical practitioner mm -hmm. on. It's also one of the, I mean, that in Ayurveda, when you apply astrology to Ayurveda, so um, Joy Tisha astrology is oftentimes used that way, Ayurveda being um, Indian Indian medicine, traditional Indian medicine, that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying um, your chart showing you're going to get sick at this time. We need to make sure that we're bolstering those parts of your being. Um, so here we're going to use the chart. We're going to we're going to be sure that we're doing the right thing at this time to either use the energy in a positive way or to avoid negative responses. And I feel like when you're getting like year ahead, month ahead, quarterly astrology readings, you're kind of doing the same thing. Like I'm saying to you, oh, you know, Mars is going through your first house, which just happened to me. Mars was two degrees off um, my ascendant recently, which means Mars is which means Mars is on oh, both your, of us. Yeah. your first house. So <laughs> I'm a little more cautious with my knives. Um, for cuts, I, I was on a walk and I got bit by a dog, like when Mars was just off my ascendant and I what? ended up having to go get a tetanus shot that <clears throat> I did not get mauled by this dog. Oh, um, oh it was a weird situation. That. I don't Jeez. need to get All into right. it. Um, but definitely a Martian event. Now, had I looked at my own chart that morning or thought about it, if I would have seen this dog on the walk, um, and kind of felt the lady's body language as the dog approached me, a shot, by the way, lady, if, if you're listening to the pod, a shout out that your dog bites people, you know, that would have been cool. I probably would have not have gotten as close to that dog. But anyways, um, if I would have thought, oh, geez, you have Mars well within three degrees of your ascendant, you might not want to approach strange dogs who are only with, you know, their their uh, their master and that master's looking kind of apprehensive. Like That's so interesting because you're using, you know, logic and knowledge to avoid that situation and other people will be like oh your intuition should have been on fire <laughs> not to go near that dog sure. so there's two ways but to i love dogs it. i would approach almost um, any dog yeah no i do tell people and use it myself like there's a positive and negative way to use these energies uh and we all want to feel good all the time and we can all get sucked into the negativity so here's mars who's you know historically uh associated with aggression and anger and frustration but hey can we turn that around to passion and energy and ambition? You know, let's let's try and curve it. Let's try and make a 180 and go the other but way. But I don't far. understand why that's um, different than using no, electional astrology. Because you're saying, like, you got some negative stuff coming. Here's how you can express it in a positive way. And that's one of the critiques of traditional astrology is traditional astrology sees Mars coming through your first house. And it says, you're going to cut your finger. Um, look out for a car accident. Like, if you get mad at a bar, 
um, just walk away. Like this is a time to get in a fight. But Okay, I guess I just like, so going back to picking a marriage date, I don't think a marriage is going to last or not based on where the moon is and what week you get married. I just think, no, like you can't elect to save your marriage based on the Don't you think that's a lovely thing to do to like get an astrological election for the day of your marriage? I think that's lovely to be in harmony with the world. Yeah, but then what if things get... Things get shitty, and then you're like, "Oh, my astrologer said my marriage is going to last forever because I picked this day." No and you stay astrologer in the marriage is you know, ever going to guarantee it was such a great election. A That's just silly. It's two people, <laughs> uh, but you know, you can do your best to align your intentions with what the skies are telling us. And you're saying, I mean, when you're with your description of using Mars in a positive way, you're kind of saying the same thing: aligning your intention with what the skies are showing you. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I don't consciously use elections to make life decisions. I just let life happen. Um, And then after I look at the chart, I'm like, oh, that's cool. So election or not, things are going to happen. I don't think you can manipulate uh, to a point. I think you can create your future to a point, but things are still going to happen. I'll use the Demetra George example because I'm ripping it off from her. Um, So... I can use, I'm five foot four. I could use all the benef, uh, beneficial elections for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be five foot 10. There's, there's nothing I can do about that. Okay. However, um, if I want to uh, pick a good afternoon um, to do something fun in the future or to start a business, let's say I was going to, um, do an LLC, something that's going to be long lasting. And I had the opportunity to choose a specific election for doing it, like a really good day that shows good aspects to my second house, assuming I want to make money, that doesn't have malefics and in uh, awkward places that could either be challenging or, or lead to arguments. I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to use the positive energies present in the universe and do my best to lean into them and use them positively. And I don't see how that's different from you saying, well, if I see a Mars transiting your first house, what I tell people is to make sure you're not skimping on the jogging or whatever. I mean, you said it much more eloquently than that. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's just too much for me. I don't uh, like every chart. You can't see a chart and be like this or of a native specifically, you wouldn't be like, your chart sucks, your chart's really hard. You can find the positivity in any chart and anything. Um, and you can find the negativity, whatever whatever you're looking for. And I think bias comes in a lot here. Uh, maybe even buying your house, you're like, you're, you were hoping for the good stuff. You wanted the good stuff. So if you had another astrologer look at that election, they'd be like, eh, fire trying, burn into the ground. I don't know. <laughs> um, that contract's going to get burnt up. It's like, brick, who knows? so it would be hard to for the bias. It's oh, electional astrology has <laughs> rules. Like you can't. So you're not. Yeah, I know. Like you pick a good election based on rules that are 1500 years old and have they of course been used and massaged and observations have taken place and people have certain different spins. I'm not saying that's the same list from back in the day, but, um, you're not just winging it. (laughs) You know what we should do for my sciencey self, since we have very close degree of the ascendant, the same, we should make elections. And I haven't read that book you recommended. You, You did send me one and I did buy it. Um, we should make 
different choices based on what is crossing our ascendant. Like I think what would be up next? Um, but, and then see if we have different outcomes. I know we will, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you're going to go this way with this. I'm going to go this way. Even though we have the same or similar chart well, for the election. So two things. One, not everyone even applies individuals charts to elections. Um, obviously it's a little more common with things like marriages, et cetera, but elections generally stand alone, like an orary chart. And two, I'm totally down with this, Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but, uh, you're okay. going to just flesh out a little more, um, what exactly we're going to do, but I'll do it for sure. Okay. So we can throw away our birth charts and just do elections. We can make a decision to maybe we both have big purchases coming up or something like that. Um, can I have we'll have to talk one? offline to see how we can make this. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> sure. No, I'm I'm a Capricorn. Like, give me the hard stuff. Give me the shitty stuff. Like, I, I'll I'll handle it. That doesn't scare me. <laughs> um, that's fine. I'll do the I'll do the malefic one. Let's do it. Um, I would love that. Uh, and then I will admit if uh, I I will admit defeat. What would defeat <laughs> be though? Just harder that, than it needs for to be for sure. Um. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but then, you know, I will, I can always find something in my Gemini way. I'm like, well, I got Pluto on me. So that's why it's all fucked up. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you can find, I can reach anywhere and pull anything from anywhere. So yeah, it'd be fun to try. If we could think of a legit scientific experiment and I will write the report, I will do the spreadsheet. I will be the scientist about it and see if we can come up with whether elections are useful. Um, or I feel like your desire to, uh, to, purposefully choose astrological elections to make your life more difficult is one of the most Pluto transiting your son things I can imagine a person saying. <laughs> I'm just like, bring it on. I know everything's coming. Just, I need to, I just, it's fine. And plus that's a Capricorn too. I'm like, it's, everything sucks. <laughs> I could find the doom and gloom in uh, anything. Eeyore. Um, so I gotta get, make more friends with my Sagittarius, Sagittarius moon. That's 2019 goal. You, um, I mean, it's co-present with Venus or with Jupiter. So you, you're still, you have some, some good, um, amelioration going on in your current life chart. Mm, it's funny. I got married when Saturn was in my seventh house and now I'm going through some stuff with Jupiter in there. So it's very interesting how those, two I mean, it kind of makes sense. Me. So you have Saturn seven years later. Then you get to, uh, you, not seven years later, but then Jupiter comes and tells the story, brings context to all the Saturday stuff that's been going on. Alrighty. I guess, yeah. I think that's what we had for today. Um, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you can download it before you listen, it helps a ton. We really appreciate all of you. Um, I know Meredith has been getting some readings recently from people who listen to the pod. Um, we also love uh, reviews. On the page, you can come to our Facebook page and uh, and say hi to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So Meredith, please sign us out. Thank you, Kip. We'd like to thank July Fighter for our opening and closing music. Please find July Fighter on any music streaming service. Please follow The Basement Astrologers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please find our Patreon page. We'd love even a buck a month would help us uh, put this show, uh, keep it going for as long as we can. We both like doing it. We both would like to have more guests on. So throw us a buck and we will send you a thank you note. Uh, Good night, Earthlings. (laughs) 